0: Good evening, ladies and germs. It is another episode of Galani and Chill with your glorious host, Christopher Galati, and I'm joined with my other hosts, Jonathan Suarez, Devin Kopek, and Steven O'Teary. Let's get watching. <sighs> <sighs> Every great movie I saw this year, that's the noise I made in the theater. Yeah.
1: That after. was just the noise I made after watching Sidney Sweeney's episode of The Hot Ones.
0: Oh, boy. No. Oh, did you oh, watch it? Is, no. Is I it watched
1: good? highlights. All I needed was a few minutes. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: oh, my God. He said the thing.
3: People were it's like, oh, man, really I, set,
1: I set 43 alerts for this <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> did you see the one? There was one. It was like. She just says, she says something, right? It's like, oh, that's exactly how she would sound through the duct tape over her mouth.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, was yeah, like, yeah. I was
1: like, oh my God. People are uh, sick. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. A bunch of know, sickos out there. She's you a, know what? She's a, real,
1: she's a real pretty lady. Okay. Guys? She is a
0: real pretty lady. I would real say pretty, that too.
1: And she's really confident with her boobage. And, Did she make and a lot supportive.
0: of she make a lot of sucking noises while she was eating oh those wings. God, can you
1: imagine? <laughs> it's just like it's just horrific.
0: Uh, it's hot. It's spicy. That's my impression know. of her. It's not that good. I
1: uh, I did not watch
0: the hot ones. Man, I haven't watched the hot ones in a minute. I'm gonna say in that in a right hot now. minute. In a hot minute, I haven't seen the hot ones. What I can't relate.
2: Just a couple of people just eating some wings with hot sauce? Like, what's that about? I can't relate to that. Uh, yeah, I yeah, can't No one's wings.
0: asking me
1: questions when I'm slurping down wings. I
0: think like, every time you watch it, you should get wings delivered to your house uh, so you can eat alone. Yeah.
2: The only question people ask me when I'm eating wings is, uh,
0: sir, can you leave? <laughs> Go home and eat your wings, sir, not here.
3: Sir, can you stop sucking the bones? We'll give you more wings if you're still hungry. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the
0: best meat is. I think, Stevie, you did a hot oh, one. You would just eat them all before the questions even started. You would just yeah. gobble them all up. He would come Ooh, out and say, what, where did the
2: wings go? where the wings go? <laughs> Where did John Travolta's wings go? I uh. need 10 more wings. <laughs> hey, who had my wings?
0: <laughs> I remember the one I remember the most. They didn't even eat hot wings, guys. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? What did they I oh, was
1: like the cauliflower wings or something.
0: Yeah, it was uh, Yeah, cauliflower mm. wings. Hey, that was a good one. That was a good one. I really, really like that. Yeah, one. that
3: was a very memeable one. That's a I very like,
0: popular meme now. I like that thing he did with the the camera, his cell phone camera. He would. Put his fingers oh, in front he, of it. He
3: would, yeah, he would make a butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he like balls and shit. Like yeah. over the He leg. was like really good at because like me and Sam were trying we're like we were trying to do that for a while and we couldn't oh, really? get it to work. Yeah. Yeah, on our, yeah, on yeah our I think fingers. he was like, he's
1: like, I have pictures of this with very powerful people. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he like, Yeah, I'm doing this stuff.
2: Well,
0: uh, we're not here to talk about hot ones. Sorry guys. Um oh, f- I was tricking I- me. I have a very, I have a very special uh, Galanian chill. It's uh, an annual, hopefully Galanian chill, Ooh. and uh, that's my tops and bottoms of the year, folks. Oh my! So, I got, I got the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows coming mm. at you. Um, so just to give you a little heads up on the the format that I got here, um, I got my top five, and I have my bottom three. Okay. And, um, I will be reading them off the worst first. And in descending order. So we'll start at the third worst, second worst, then end with the first worst. And then Mm. same thing with the best. The very best will be the end. So cool. uh, Pretty fair. But before we get to that, uh, is there uh, any uh, film or television related business that we need to settle
2: before we move on? Um, Yeah, I want an Oscar. You want an Oscar? Oh, I want an Oscar. I'm sorry. Oh! Oh, you want an Oscar? Well, I want an give, Oscar. They're just giving them out nowadays. don't we'll see why you can't get one. Yeah, I think you could
0: just literally order one online. Yeah. Pass it over. You get, get, like, one of Woody
2: Allen's that they made him return. Because <laughs> he's a creep. <laughs> hey, you're too creepy. Give us the statue back. That's a list. Like, that's probably a list I could look up. You know, I'm going to eBay Oscar statues. Yeah, you, see how much yeah. they
0: run for. Because cause eBay... You could get like the date. They have like the the technical Oscars and I'm sure those guys saw them because they don't make any money. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's terrible. Why do I say that?
1: They deserve I to make could, money. Listen, you could have an Academy Award. You can have one for $21 on Amazon. What? Damn, Are you serious? not too shabby. I mean, it's, it's like a fake
2: one. It's not. Oh, no, uh, There is a small gold plastic Oscar award with world's greatest husband and leading man for $15. Oh, that's perfect.
1: That's perfect. For you. Wait, oh man, hold on. I am down. I've gone down a list already. Um you know what, Steve? I'm I'm just gonna post this. Okay, I'm I'm gonna take a peek. You're gonna tell me uh if you think this would be something worth owning.
2: Let me see take a this. look here.
1: Hmm.
3: Taking a peek. Is this a Warhammer figure?
0: A monster oh, no. football trophy? Oh, I mean, just take a look at it.
3: Just take a look wow. at it and tell me. Oh, this <laughs> yes. is for the this is this for the is... This is for this the is, March Badness champion. Yeah,
2: this is the sickest fucking statue I've seen. Honestly. Yeah. Yes. So should oh we get god. this? Should we
3: get this? Should we get this? We, we this? can engrave <laughs> it? We
2: can it yes. Run. Oh my god. And you can make it oh dude, we gotta get the <laughs> nine inch one. Dude. He looks he looks like uh he looks
3: like the Hulk with a better head. <laughs> oh so right so right yeah. the winner Wait, hold on, so the look winner, at the the winner, trophy. <laughs> the winner of Chris's the winner of Chris's March Badness tournament <laughs> will get this trophy. Oh uh, hold on. That hold changes on. things. No, you guys don't understand that. <laughs> This will make me care about it even more. Oh, now more that there's a there. trophy? Yeah. This is, this is a pretty good one. Oh, that to trophy, that
0: trophy with this monster man, but he's dressed in a suit, and it's for commerce.
1: <laughs> I I uh, love these this monster man thing.
3: Yeah, I kind of do, too. This is something. Oh, there's there's yeah, wait for a chili cook-off? <laughs> How about the one, yeah, there's the there's the one of the dude ripping his shirt off. Like, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, is a March Madness one. It's the Businessman. <laughs> this
1: is, Billy. Monster trophy, I guess, right? Monster trophy. Wow! wow. I got. It. I didn't think this was th- this deep of a hole that we. Yeah, this. This is what
3: we're
0: gonna have to do then. Although like, whoever, just, uh, oh yeah, whoever, the suit that's movie up. wins is gonna get an award.
1: There's one of somebody on a yeah.
2: toilet. That's the loser award. Oh man!
1: Oh, uh, this one—he's breaking a crowbar over his knee. Oh, that's pretty
2: cool. I really
0: like this monster man and his awards. Yeah, me too. They should have a Monster Man Award ceremony, they give these. I'm gonna put this. Yeah,
1: just put it on my desk. (gasps) Any
0: any actor caught with his pants down, what? Oh,
3: where did you win that, Devin? Oh, I won the 2023 March (laughs) Badness tournament. Yeah. Any actor that gets canceled, they have to
0: go to the Monster Man Awards, and they get the Monster monster Man pants. Yeah, why just
1: like worst friend, and then you just give him this. With, and he has no pants on.
0: This is the Monster Man. It's like the Raspberries, but it's for like terrible people.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. He's holding a basketball band. net.
2: I really like this Monster Man. So like, wow. Yeah. Wow. We, we what a, what a, a happy moment accident moment this was. Uh, <laughs> but which one? They're all so good. <laughs>
1: the, they almost all are
0: all winners, dude. Yeah. Well, you guys, Steve was talking about wanting an Oscar, and this is where we
2: got it. And, you know, yeah. The Academy yeah. Awards are coming say. up, baby. If you were so to ask me a question, do I want an Oscar or do I want a Monster Man? I, I want do. a Monster Man.
1: Yeah, listen, that Oscar thing, I get it. There's a long history. It's time for some new blood.
2: And yeah, but right. start giving what
1: about, out monsters. What
3: about this business, it's the sales shark?
1: I like oh, that I one. I do like the cool.
3: sales shark, too. Oh, my. <laughs> He's so happy, though.
2: You know what, Devin? Why don't you buy that and make that the one for the Fantasy Game Awards? Oh, uh, <laughs> The sales shark? <laughs> sales shark. That's, uh, Dude, that's the best publisher like... right there.
3: Fair. Oh, oh man there's a... oh dude okay maybe this is the one guys there's a toilet there's a toilet one it's pretty ladies good. and gentlemen
0: uh we've been mm-hmm. also talking about giving an award <laughs> to a galanian chill uh that's coming up
3: an event yeah an event, an
0: event, an event uh, coming. which would which be the monster <laughs> of march and we will give that award uh monster award to that monster and basically, the uh, the the competition is they will my my glorious co hosts and a secret co host, <laughs> will be devising um, two movies a piece. Was it two or six? It was six, six movies. It's we're, we're
2: we're each picking six movies. We're making a pool of twenty four movies in total. We are going to do a fantasy draft where we each pick two, and then we are going to devise a tournament bracket. March Madness style. March Badness, if you will. And uh, we are going to present these to Chris anonymously. And oh he has to choose which of the movies are worse that's until we get a yeah, winner. We're not, we're, we're, the not revealing,
3: yeah, we're not revealing to Chris who has what movie or how we came up with the the matchups and the bracket. But we'll we'll reveal that after he's watched the movies. Yeah, that's going to be fun, decided. too, because
0: I'm going to be able to pick who picked what. And I I think I'm going to know. Oh, that no, would be fun. Yeah,
3: you oh, try so to so you think yeah. you could figure out who has which movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. man.
2: I think that's like another, uh, that's another trophy. That. Yeah. That's another yeah. trophy. Well we
3: <laughs> have to we have to then put on that spreadsheet, John,
2: uh who uh put up that award or not uh, yeah. that put up that movie
3: and then who actually who put the picked movie it in the draft. Yeah, who, who yeah, who picked who oh, I see, I pulled I see. I see. the movie and then who who drafted the movie. Okay, okay. So okay. Chris, so Chris, your guess, would be who put the movie in the pool. Yeah. Who pulled it? I think drafted them.
0: Yeah. That's more, that's more relevant because that really, yeah. che- that's the person
3: that's the because that's not, yeah. The strategy is like, oh, Tim picked a really good one that I think Chris will think is a really bad movie. So, I'm going to. Yes. It's my turn to draft. I want I want to pick that movie for my team. Oh, we just revealed it's Tim. But um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <whoops. laughs> they, don't they
2: don't know what Tim, Timothy Chalamet. It
0: could be Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> it's a good point. Could be. Could be. But uh, Timothy Chalamet is just, just going to pick Joe Dirt six times. So, I know that already ahead of He's time. He's going
3: to pick Army Hammer every time and make mm. out with him every time, too. I'm done with that. A...
1: <laughs> so, I, I, that's my award. I want to make out with Army Hammer. What? That's.
0: He's going to try to bite my lips <laughs> Don't bite my lips, Army. I need you. <laughs> army, stop it. <laughs> All right. Well, if uh, we're going to just jump right into it, I guess, right? Let's let's get into it. Let's do the Galanian show right now. And yeah. Like, like I said, I have my, my bottom three first and in descending order. And... All right. Get... <laughs> oh, man.
1: Just, I'm, I'm legitimately curious about this. Sure. Your bottom three, are these would you say these are just like objectively really bad movies, or like these are movies that like pissed
0: you off the most? Um, you know, I think this whole list is subjective to a okay. point. I okay. think it is movies that have really just sat with me yeah. the wrong way, and okay. same could be said for the top, too, because uh, this year was really good for film, and I uh, there are a lot of great movies, there are movies I haven't seen. Uh, That I've been admitted, unfortunately. I couldn't find Past Lives, and I uh, couldn't find The Boy and the Heron. So those two, you know, those are probably great movies. I'm not going to deny that. Past Lives was really good. Yeah, I'm going to see them eventually. Yeah. uh, They're just not on those lists right now. So, Um, But yeah, Devin, I'd say that the worst is probably more personal than the best. Yeah if that helps at all.
1: Yeah, so somebody's like, Chris, what about the so-and-so movie? It's like, whatever,
0: dude. Yeah, and there were movies on the worst. There was actually one movie that I moved off of a a position. Put Um, it in the best. (laughs) Whatever. It's it's the fourth worst movie I've seen this year. (laughs) Which is probably even worse, if you think about it. And that's The Flash, by the way. That was my fourth worst. Okay. I actually bumped that. I down. thought that movie was good, but people uh, say it was good? No, that movie's not good. Stephen oh, King loved man. it. Yeah, the director of Maximum Overdrive thought it was good. Great. Okay. <laughs> this guy he knows his movie shit. I, I like
1: how that's what he's known as when you disagree with him. Not like world-renowned, famous writer. Oh, yeah. oh, the guy yeah. who made Maximum that's, Overdrive that on a That's kind binge. of
2: a fun thing about Stephen King, is it's like depending <laughs> on like how much you agree with him. You can choose worse things he's done. Let's just say that he has a very (laughs) mixed
0: bag when it comes to (laughs) anything. And I choose my I choose my Stephen King shit uh, selectively. Sure, sure. Um, But yeah, I I, no, The Flash is an awful movie. It's it's absolutely horrendous. But it did not make my 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 top three. and and you know I find that the three the third position for the worst and the fifth position for the best were the really they're the hardest ones. Like I knew yeah,
1: they're the cutoffs, dude.
0: The cutoff is the hardest. I'd say I know what the worst movie I saw this year. You know, yeah. But anyway, let's yeah, get I'm to it.
3: I'm looking at bad movies in general right now and I'm just like man, Chris. <laughs> yourself. Chris, you're, gonna have a, you're gonna have a bad month,
0: dude. Hey have yeah, no, I mean, had bad months. No, I mean movie
3: wise, like this is gonna be pretty painful. Oh, I,
0: right? I for yeah. and chill I've had bad months movie wise. Oh uh, okay. Horrendously <laughs> right. bad, I would okay. say. Um yeah, we'll so see. we'll um, see Chris. We'll see. My my third worst film of the year, uh that honor goes to Five Nights at Freddy's. I chose that <laughs> at number three um i think i you like i don't know if i want to go into this just saying the positives because it's that's not the point of this list so i'm just going to tell you my experience while watching it and give you uh some interesting little factoids hey i it. i hated that too so yeah that movie stinks um so just a little little some 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 facts to get out of the way before we get into it uh five nights at freddy's was directed by emma tammy uh, it was written by Scott Cawthorn. Cawthon, Cawthon,
1: Cawthon. No, Scott Cawthon, dude. Hell yeah! Is that his name. It was the guy. It's Scott who Cawthorn.
0: Made... Yeah, the it's creator. Cawthorn. It's Cawthorn. Okay. Um okay. Seth Cuddleback and Emma Tammy also uh, wrote the screenplay, and um, it has a, a Rotten Tomato score of thirty-nine, a thirty-two percent, an audience score of eighty-seven percent, which I think is the biggest uh, mismatch out of all of the movies I've chosen tonight it is a huge divide between audience and critical score. That is um, one where I
1: truly go, oh, so the six-year-olds got a hold of the
0: internet. And yeah, then, and they know it buttons. better than most other yeah. people, so
1: they probably Damn
0: it. Uh, budget of $20 million with a box office of $294 uh, Runtime of 109 minutes, and it was, of course, came out <laughs> this year. This is currently Blumhouse's highest grossing film worldwide, surpassing Split. Um, Chris Columbus was attached to direct at one point, and he dropped out because you have to remember, development for this film started in 2015, so it was eight years ago when they even started thinking about this film. Probably would have been better off eight years ago, too. Um, But the really interesting part of this movie, Jim Henson's Creature Shop did all of the animatronics, so... That's why they look good. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You know, because they do look good. I will give them that. That's like the, the I'd say the redeeming factor of the film, but um, I digress. Uh, filming was delayed due to script issues. Apparently there were four rewrites all done by Scott Cawthorn. He was not happy with the direction of the film. I think he wanted it to be a little softer, something a little bit more family friendly or at least kid friendly. And that obviously comes out in the film because it has zero edge. Uh, mm. <laughs> the film had the second best day and date opening ever, behind Black Widow's eighty point three million. It made eighty million. It absolutely all <sighs> <like> three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> that hurts. Uh, nominated for a People's Choice Award for Best Drama, and Mary Stuart Masterson, who was the aunt in this film, is nominated for a Golden Raspberry for Worst Supporting Actress. Mm. In a film, and she deserves it because she is fucking terrible in this movie. She's a cartoon cartoon villain. I, I mean, is there any nuance <laughs> to this at all? This movie, like, is so it's so just beating you over the head with everything to the point where you, you f- everything's figured out for you. Not to mention all of the horror immediately leaves the film around the second act uh, when they start teaming up. With uh, the uh, animatronics, which is not part of the game at all.
2: No, you're uh, like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, Devin, you said you stopped watching this, and I think I know the scene in particular where you stopped. If yeah. I, you May take a guess. Was it the uh, first scene with the main character's sister meeting the animatronics and dancing? Uh,
1: no, it was. No, uh, it no. was after that. It was okay. the scene where he like basically like explains to his sister that like that she had a brother i guess he was like coming clean about how he like <laughs> lost his older brother or little brother okay
0: i know yes yes okay yeah. when he's telling her the story of his tragedy yeah. um yeah. not to mention he's an incredibly passive character and i god do i hate those um and i understand that is kind of the main character of the Five Nights at Freddy's, but it does not make a good movie <laughs> when you have a character that passive and kind of almost not taking part of the plot, just sleeping all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I think this film also is terribly edited. I think the pacing is is nonsensically bad. Um, it's an incredibly boring movie. Um, PG-13, which is blasphemous to me for <laughs> horror. I think there's very few movies that I actually enjoy. I think Megan's on that list um, where they are PG-13 horror films. And, you know, I always question their their existence, <laughs> I guess. That's kind of where I come from. Um, I guess at least with Megan, it felt like a lot of the tension and horror was still in there. Where With Five Nights at Freddy's, it felt like whatever tension and horror was either taken out or was never put in to make a softer product and uh that's terrible. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that gets any worse really. When you when you have to dumb down and water down your own product, it's it's never good. Um you guys hated this too, right? You, yeah, Steve this movie Devin, was was, was, was really Yeah, watch. no, this
1: was the the first movie in a very long time that I actually quit on.
0: Which is rare. You know, like I uh, I really 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 like to pride myself on not doing that, but I can't say I've never done it. You know? Like it's some movies are just you're just wasting time. I feel my, my yeah. life dripping away. Like <laughs> you know? yeah, you
1: know, I, I could have wrote a book.
0: <laughs> I could have done anything. I could have picked you know clipped my toenails. I could have <laughs> reorganized clothes that I need to put away. Like when you start looking at chores as being a better alternative to what you're doing, uh, that thing is bad. So <laughs> yeah. in my opinion um and yeah i i have to admit i wasn't completely entranced with it you know that's the best way i could say that i was not 100 my attention was 100 on it um in large not i would say large swaths, but definitely big scenes that just it was boring i i guess is the god is that not the cardinal sin of our movie <laughs> i don't know what is like <laughs> Being fucking boring, um, and that's what this is. So, my third worst, of course, and um, by no means do I think this movie even is better than the next two. But uh, I had to put something at three, and I felt like I was my personal offense wasn't as as bad for this as it was for the next two movies. And uh, my number two is a movie I forgot I saw. Man, isn't that a the perfect. Criteria for this list. Um, it was a movie on Netflix uh, called "You People." I don't know if you guys are familiar with this at all or remember.
1: Oh, it. did I? I don't. Did I see
0: this? Let's see. <laughs> see, the thing is, guys, you have to remember. I don't. I oh don't no, I didn't see out. this. I just heard about it. I don't seek th- these movies out. Like I, I usually don't. Like it's very rare. I like to think it's very rare that I see a truly bad movie, but. Um, yeah, this was on in my household and I sat down and I saw Jonah Hill and I was like, what is this? And it, if it isn't the laziest, uh, just poorly written romantic comedy that I've seen in a long time. And just to give you an idea, the general plot is a, uh, is a Jewish man who falls in love with a, uh, almost like a Black Panther character where uh, her parents were in the uh, black nationalists group and he goes to meet them for the first time being in a relationship with her. And it's such a strange uh, place for comedy because I feel like everything they're talking about is some hot button issue that gets boiled down to a terrible joke. Mm. And, um, and the, some of the jokes I thought were so poorly written that they almost were (sighs) offensive. Like, I feel like you can make fun of... I personally still think, even with the cancel culture, even with all that, if you make something truly funny, people look past... Um, people look past whoever you're offending. If it's yeah. a joke that lands perfectly, there is no there's no offense taken. And this movie was not that. They actually were proposing a theory in this that is like super anti-Semitic, which was that the Jews profited... Off of the slave trade in America, which is, and they made that into like a joke that Eddie Murphy told. told oh, what? oh my god! And I was like, this is this is neither funny, and it's kind of offensive. And I I honestly don't laugh know, out loud. Yeah, I don't know who laughed at this in the writing room. Like, I don't get it. And um, <laughs> wow, yeah, it was just so off the mark. And also, this film, the reason why I think it. I remembered it particularly is because I saw an article about the end of the movie having a CGI kiss. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, cause I mean the, the theory, cause I don't think they ever confirmed it, but the theory is like the two leads didn't like each other at all.
0: Oh, you could tell. Uh, but, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and also like there's no chemistry. So it's doubly weird as to why this is a rom-com with those two. Like at some point it's like make the decision to recast. But, yeah, uh, the it's very obvious, too. Once you, once oh, you like, absolutely. know to look for it, yeah, it's, it's super
0: obvious. It's one of those things that I saw while watching it. And it was like, are you fucking kid- kidding me? Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, you know? I can't believe that they would use CGI for something like that. And um, it just goes to show you how weak of a movie this is, you know? And I, I feel like... Yeah, you said that no chemistry. That is immediately apparent because the meet-cute is uh, Jonah Hill's character thinking that his soon-to-be wife is the Uber driver that's come to pick him up and she was just sitting in the car. So it's like instantly like awkward humor and you're like, oh, fuck. Like this isn't, I don't like where this is going. And then it flashes forward six months and they're dating and I'm like, what, where was the seduction <laughs> like, what yeah, where's the part
1: that makes the rom-com the rom-com <laughs> right?
0: it was the worst me cute i think i've ever seen in a in a romantic comedy God. and uh yeah like it's just this film is so poorly written um so a little facts about the film um you people was directed by kenya barris this was, was her first film uh it was written by kenya barris and jonah hill it has a rotten tomato score of 40 percent, which i think is pretty high um an audience score of 34 percent and uh yeah it's just it apparently generated 92.4 million views on netflix which is a lot um so a lot of people did watch this but man um as you can tell there's a there are two netflix movies on this list so <laughs> <laughs> not, they don't have a good track record um for making anything that's good really for, at least for for film-wise. Uh, TV is a different story. But yeah, so You People is my second on the list. Um, don't watch it. That's it. And then my number one, worst film of 2023. And of course, that goes to Rebel Moon, uh, part one, A Child of Fire. Um,
1: oh, I forgot about I, that one already.
0: Yeah,
3: Devin really liked that
0: movie, Chris. I'm going to tell oh, you something. I love that movie. I think what really came down to it... Now, listen, I know Five Nights at Freddy's is probably going to get a sequel. I'm not under any illusion that it won't. But this movie, not only is it getting a sequel, it's getting two director's cuts that nobody asked for. And it's the exact opposite thing this film needs. It doesn't need more. It needs less. (laughs) Like The director's cuts should be shorter, in my opinion, to make it better.
1: But how are they going to fit all those characters in, Chris?
0: Uh, they don't. They delete them. They delete
1: <laughs> no, them. The response <laughs> is
0: cut out half the cast. Yeah, well, yes, cut out they Charlie. Hun- Charlie Hunnam's character has to go. <laughs> he's fucking terrible. I, yeah,
1: well, yeah, yeah. He is
0: probably the worst actor I've seen all year. In any, yeah, movie. he's very bad in this. It's it's impressive too because I don't like. I don't think he's a great actor, but like I don't necessarily think he's terrible. And uh, this movie is like a eye-opening for that <laughs> <laughs> this guy's terrible the worst scottish accent i've ever heard in my entire life
1: scottish i, I mean i don't like i think even he admits that his accent's fucked mm-hmm. because of all the years doing that sons of anarchy he's like i really just don't he like lost it and he has some weird mishmash yes of an accent
0: it's break. it breaks constantly like yeah throughout the movie and it's and it breaks into like an american accent which i guess makes sense because he just it's weird it's so weird to see this man contort around dialogue with the worst accent i've ever heard like already bad dialogue oh yeah that's another thing like there the whole opening scene of rebel moon is basically lifted directly from inglorious bastards like (laughs) almost entirely where you have like the Nazi space people landing on a farm and being, you know, face to face with the farmers, the calm people, but they're hiding something of course, or they're doing something that's against the Federation. I, I think they're withholding food or some stupid shit and it uh, plays out like a cheaper, more boring version of that first scene in glorious bastards. (laughs) The movie doesn't really, uh, get like this is a movie another movie with pacing issues with editing problems it's too slow for its own good and even even if i think the visuals are okay it's i'm so bored by everything else that's going on that it's just like it's just lights on the screen i I, i'm totally lost i'm not connected to anything that was going on while watching this um Currently has a twenty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes with a fifty-eight percent audience score. Uh, it cost both parts cost one hundred and sixty-six million to make. So weirdly cheap, honestly. Well, that's considering 10 Godzilla minus ones. <laughs> 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 Just to give you a little a little clarification, there it took ten Godzilla minus ones to make this pile of shit. Um. A runtime of 134 minutes, which is far too long. Um, yeah, I, it's directed by old Zaki and written by old 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 Zaddy himself, uh, with Kurt Jonstad and Shay Hatton telling him he's an idiot every five minutes and rewriting what he wrote. <laughs> That's what I assume the process was. Uh, Snyder originally pitched this as a Star Wars film to Lucasfilms shortly after the sale. That did not uh. go well. He also pitched it as a, at a as a <laughs> video game at WB. Uh, his words, a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. You know, like the WB execs, like you know, Zach's on the schedule today. Zach's well, doing he's the thing, do? thing
2: again. Yeah, is oh, yeah. he gonna he's do that Rebel thing. Moon thing, dude? Oh,
0: so it's a pay-to-play game. <laughs> <laughs> A live service and listen, I got this other idea for the suicide squad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, like, I am far from for me to be like Star Wars is, is uh untouchable and things like that, but like you know you just had to be like this fucking guy really thinks he's gonna come in and successfully pitch us. The yes. Batman v Superman guy's gonna pitch us a successful fucking Star Wars movie. Yeah, okay, this was- and then and being like, let's hear it out, and then having it be as fucking dumb as you would expect it to be. Right, <laughs> hey, so it's like these badasses, right? And then they gotta steal some grain, and then there's a spider lady, and it's like, oh my god, dude!
0: You're I am, I imagine he used the word "spoo" <laughs> when he was describing stuff. Yeah, and again, seems like.
1: He's a pretty nice guy overall, so part of me feels a little bad. But he well, just is not a good story, no, and it looks not, bad. A
0: good
1: not not to like pile on, but like it. This movie also looks it's like really fuzzy, which because is like, I don't know if you caught that, but like no, I, it's that, really
0: weirdly blurry. I think it's it's really um, it's really chintzy CGI personally, and I think. Um, I think it's strange too, because I I usually think that Zack Snyder can make a movie that looks good, like that's yeah, slimy, yeah that's that's quality. the one
1: thing, yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: And this is just yeah, it's like a it's 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 visual vomit, you know, like it's 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 disgusting. Um, this is his worst movie, hands down, too. Like I don't I don't think there's I, I'm not a big Justice League fan, but this or Batman v Superman or Man of Steel, but this is. Beyond all of that in quality, it's so bad. Um, yeah, don't watch it. Don't <laughs> watch
1: just, it. <laughs> just fucking don't, dude. Just don't even, fucking yeah,
0: bother. just wait for the director's cut, and it'll be fine. That's right.
1: the good one.
0: <laughs> well, I got all my bottoms out, so now I'm on my tops. Okay. And um, I have five of these, and I'm gonna start at number five for the best films of 2023.
1: And it- this is the one that's barely better than the flash right chris
0: (laughs) (laughs) this i'll tell you what what is my six but um this was hard i chose i chose oppenheimer for my number five five. okay my number five i i think uh my number six was barbie my number six was barbie and it, (laughs) it was um okay it was fluctuating between the two to be honest, but I, uh, I actually rewatched Oppenheimer recently. Oh, yeah. You had a, ho- a whole half a day to kill? I had a whole half a day to kill. And um, yeah, there's something about that story, the way it's written. It's really unique. Like it's told both from the beginning and the end at the same time, simultaneously, and then it ends in the middle. Uh, it's just really neat. It's a cool way to tell a story. It's not necessarily a story that I'm so interested in and seeing on it as a film, but like, I guess all this movie, I respect technically more than anything, you know, like I, I respect the way technically it was written. I respect the acting. I really respect the cinematography. I love the soundtrack. Like I'm still listening to that. Um It's weird. The soundtrack is like, it goes from being really like light with like this violin, real light violin. And then it just turns into like a horror movie. Hmm. Yeah, it's got this weird dichotomy which like I really liked and it kind of showed you Oppenheimer's like personality and his his outlook like originally he was optimistic and thinking he was doing the right thing and then as the movie progresses it, it just gets worse and worse. And there's like this other thing I noticed too like I think it's the the biggest drop in confidence in a character I've ever seen. As quickly as it happened in Oppenheimer. Because like it goes from him detonating the bomb, the test bomb, and everybody's like ecstatic, to him them dropping the bomb and then him meeting Truman, and he's just the lowest point after meeting Truman. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. absolute, like he goes from the highest high to the lowest low within like five minutes of screen time. Um and that's really neat. That's really neat and Very intentional and well done. Um, Yeah. And there's like other shit that I was picking up on. Like, so he was being bugged by this, by the, uh, I think it was the FBI at the time. And there was a lamp in his superior's office. And if you watch it long enough, I noticed the lamp changed. Like it was a different lamp. Mm Yeah. And then they talked about in the movie how they were bugging the lamps in his office so they could hear what he was talking about. Right. And I was like, holy shit, that is incredible detail that they put in that movie. I was I was not expecting that at all. Um yeah, I, I just think it's it's a really well made movie and it's probably gonna win an Academy Award. <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. Like I like I have my top favorites, but I don't know if they're Really, Academy Award winning films, and in, in in the strictest rules and the past of the Academy, you know. Um, so this was directed by Christopher Nolan and written by Christopher Nolan. Um, currently has a ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, with an audience score of ninety one percent. It cost a hundred million to make, and the box office was nine hundred and fifty six million. Uh, as far as right now, and there might be a re release, so this could hit a billion.
3: Has Nolan won an, an Oscar before?
0: I don't now? think so. I don't think he did. Uh, not for best director or best film. I think. Oh, you know what? Did he win for. Um,
3: he didn't the win for a
0: movie? Yeah, what the fuck?
3: Oh, God, what is
0: Doug Doug Kirk. Yeah, Kirk.
3: I don't think he did. Tenet. Tenet won the Lifetime Achievement Award for best movie ever made, right? <laughs> I don't think so. The movie that saved cinema. Tenet. I disagree. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Saved cinema in its in this dire, in the most dire time.
0: I'll tell you what this uh, up, Barbenheimer in general really kind of uplifted.
1: Yeah, he was nominated a a few times, but he's never won an Academy Award.
0: I think this is his year. I really do, right. if I'm honest. Um, so yeah, not, uh, almost a billion. Uh, It was based off a book called American Prometheus, which uh, both, this film had Sam Mendes and Oliver Stone attached at some point, which man, I would not want to see an Oliver Stone version. I am not an Oliver Stone fan, so uh, I would not be happy with that one. One bit. Um, So apparently, I was reading about the production of this film. So, Christian Nolan was figuring out scheduling, and pre-production, he was figuring out the actors he needed, the uh, the practical effects, how much they would cost. And he told uh, his producers that this film is going to cost way more than 100 million to make. And they were like, well, you're only getting this. So you, you got to figure it out. And he literally uh, streamlined the production to the point where he went from 57 days to 45 days. So he went under schedule and he spent less, apparently less than 100 million. And he went under 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 budget at the same time. Um, that is very rare for American movies <laughs> in general. Um, they usually it's the opposite, you know. It's over and budget. he still
3: decided to shoot it in film. I know. <laughs> and, <laughs> even though it would probably would <laughs> have been way cheaper to shoot, it digitally. I think He's like nah, no, we can't. I think he knew better, and
0: he—that's him. That's who he is. I understand. Yeah that, that approach. Some, yeah some directors that's a huge
3: priority for
0: them. But you you think about it like he sacrificed something else to make sure it was shot on film, you know? That's right. the way I look mm-hmm. at it. Because he knew how important that was. And you know, honestly the proofs in the pudding, the movie's gorgeous. So yeah, I get sure. it. Um and uh yeah, I I feel like um this if he wins an academy award for a movie that's under budget and under schedule, he's just going to everybody's going to be throwing offers at him nonstop. Like, I don't more understand. so
1: than they normally do, because, yeah, dude. You know,
0: <laughs> everybody will be coming to Christopher Nolan.
1: I will say, like, I mean, again, I, I think I've been historically kind of tough on Nolan personally. Uh, but it's good, he's like, dude,'s done the work, man.
0: Like, he sure did, he sure
1: did. Like, this could be also, it's just like, yeah, it's time, it's time to give this guy his due if you want to look at it from that side, too.
0: I think most of these awards are political in nature and that's usually how they think. Like he deserves it at this point and he does. I think um, he's a really, he's an outstanding director and I really um, yeah, I'm just happy this movie got made and it's, it was as good as it was Um, due to Nolan's strained relationship with WB. The film was shopped around to various production companies, but excluded Paramount due to the new CEO's endorsement of increased streaming service releases. It ended up being produced by Universal, which is pretty rare. Uh, Universal was like almost bankrupt. (laughs) And this movie really helped them a lot. Um, Yeah. It was like a billion dollar film for them. So they're, they're happy. Um, Both uh, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt and Matt Damon all took pay cuts to be in the movie. They were, Really, really ha- gung ho about about being in this film, and uh, so Killy Murphy said that the shooting schedule was insane. The pace was so fast. I think he said something like they were shooting five to ten pages a day, which is mm. a s- substantial amount. That's a lot. That is That's a, a lot, lot, dude.
1: Barely yeah. any pee breaks.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no pee, he doesn't pee on set apparently. No, no sitting, I'm, no peeing. No sitting, yeah, no, no he pees, peeing.
1: Uh, he says he, he pees twice a day, he goes to the bathroom twice a day. He
0: says, down junior was like, You're a psycho. <laughs> psycho, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not pooping. I think he stopped pooping. I think he figured <laughs> out
2: something. <laughs> figured I, just, out.
0: I just absorb it.
2: <laughs>
0: it comes out of his sweat, it comes out of his, pores. <laughs> okay. out of his pooping. um. Yeah, uh, Nolan came in. Oh, yeah, I've said that. Uh, this was the second highest R, uh, second highest grossing R-rated film behind Joker. This is this was huge. So it um, set records. Huge. Made a lot of money. It's probably going to win an Academy Award. Big time film. I really liked it, and I, I think it's perfectly placed where I put it at number five. Let's move on to number four. Number four is a movie uh, we just recently watched in black and white, and that's uh, Godzilla Minus One. I have that at my, my number four. Uh, we all actually took a little trip to the theater to see this together. Field trip,
3: yeah. A mm-hmm. Field trip. For and Steve,
2: Steve, you're the first first time you've seen it. What did you think, buddy? Holy smackaronis, man. Let's this movie great. was Something, something. This is a spectacle. This is a must see in theaters. Holy smokes!
0: Yeah, man, I I knew I had to see this. I watched the shittiest cam of this, and I was like, I
3: gotta, <laughs> man, I gotta see this. That in sucks, yeah. I don't I'm actually know, like, I'm, I'm offended. Yeah, I'm offended that you like watched it that way. I was that excited, and minute. you guys
0: were were really uh, you know revving it up, and I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta see what this hubbub is, and you know, to be honest, like the quality of oh the quality. <laughs> the quality of the cam listen, I know there's some big Godzilla scenes and there's some big spectacle in it, but a lot of this movie is very personal. It's very much about characters trying to survive. And all that was fine. Like I I watched it and I I got like the characters and I felt for them. And I, I really, I cared about them even watching it on a shitty cam. So that's just a testament to the writing Mm. right? and how, how incredible these characters were. Um, yeah it's just it's something it's a it's a hell of it's like almost like a phenomenon at this point um i mean it was the highest grossing it is the highest grossing godzilla film ever made it beat out shin godzilla and um yeah it's totally deserves every honorific that it can receive i mean it got nominated for academy award for best visual effects and that's purely based on the fact I think that the movie costs ten fucking million dollars to make, which blows my goddamn mind. It's crazy, man. man. Uh,
3: the number keeps getting lower too, the more that's reports a that come out. That is a
0: sneeze in Hollywood. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable that anybody could make something like this for ten million nowadays I, I just and it's it's to me it's such a testament to how incredibly crafty artistic art artistic people can be. And, um, I, you know, I was reading about this and I did some interesting research that you guys might be interested in, um, just get through some of the facts here. Uh, Godzilla minus one rotten tomato score of 98%. I think it's the highest rotten tomato score of all the films that I am reviewing tonight with an audience score of 98%, which I think is also the highest. They got, audience. They score. got it right this
3: time. Like the critics and the, the critics and the users came I think together everybody, this
0: one. Yeah, like you, the proofs in the pudding, as I keep saying. It's you watch the movie, you know it's great. It's not, it's not even a question. Um, a hundred million dollars at the box office for a ten million dollar movie is you know, it's a thousand almost a thousand percent profit. It's fucking amazing. And, um, yeah, it's just again a testament to this film being such almost a surprise. You know, let's be honest, like, I for me at least, I'm not a huge Godzilla fan. I watched a Godzilla film five years ago and I really liked it and then I kind of forgot about it and that was fine. And I don't watch the American ones. I'm not interested in any of those. Um, Yeah, this is just
3: a good movie. It's it's just a good movie in general.
0: Solid, good movie. I mean, I I don't want to say that you could replace Godzilla with a lot of other things, but you probably could in this scenario and it would still have that same... Replace him with a
3: tornado. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: A hurricane, zombies, maybe. Where they sink that hurricane into the bay?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I the think, fact that I think the fact that it is Godzilla is actually pretty pretty cool. That I agree. Great. I think it that adds it's, a it's
0: that it's the big dude, but I I think the the drama and the character stuff works so well that it could be just about anything and it, it would still yeah. function as a great film, and um. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, some of the things I've learned about this. So, uh, it's directed by uh, Takashi Yamazaki. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, it's in, close enough. Takashi Yamazaki, he it. He nailed it, yeah. uh, Yama, Yamazaki also wrote it. Um, so, after the release of his film, The Great War of Archimedes, Yamazaki was appointed to make a Godzilla film. He spent three years writing the script, taking influence from Godzilla 1954 Jaws, H- Hayao Miyazaki's films, and Shin Godzilla. Those were his his draw to for, for, for the story. Um, Yamazaki previously depicted Godzilla in a 2021 amusement park ride at Sibuen Amusement Park in Kyoto, Japan. That's pretty cool. I got to go on that ride. Right? <laughs> I want to go on that fucking ride, man. We were talking, like, I think when I saw this originally, I was talking about how awesome... That scene in the boat would be as a Universal oh, ride. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. As soon as you
1: said that, I just started thinking about like, yeah, exactly. Like oh a man, Universal Studios ride or
0: something. So solid. Like, and it's such a awesome like tense scene that I just I would love to be like with a group of strangers going, Ooh! Ooh. you know, when they blow <laughs> shit up and there's water hits us in the face and everything. Um, yeah, I I I think. To to uh your question, John, or your, your statement about this being a quality film and and choosing the right script. Um many Godzilla films were pitched after the success of Shin Godzilla, but Toho rejected all of them for not being worthy follow-ups to Shin Godzilla. They were stringent on what they wanted to pick to be the next follow-up to Shin Godzilla, because Shin Godzilla was such a big hit. It was such a big hit. And they didn't wanna they didn't want to waste it. They didn't wanna you know they didn't want to whiff it at the plate, and that I think the the proof is in the film. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, think, it's it's shocking when uh, I mean I know it's a Hollywood, but like when a movie studio shows restraint like that, yeah. And then it not only did they do it, but it paid off. I think
0: great. I think I think that's the you know like that amount of criticism and control over these properties is necessary. I think it, it shouldn't be the aberration of the norm. It should be the norm because especially for something that it's already had 38 plus films made about it. You got to be a little bit more picky about what you're making. And I, I think that's fair. I think Disney's figuring that out right now. I think they're starting to understand that they have to be a little bit more picky about what foot they're putting forward when it comes to Marvel or Star Wars. And I think Toho has been around for a while and Godzilla has been around for a while and they knew knew that. They learned that already. Um, And hence we got this film. Um, Yamazaki said, worldwide anxiety and government unreliability during the pandemic was a major inspiration for this film. So a lot of almost modern day relation to a film that was made about post-war Japan. it's just not it's not great for our current situation <laughs> to have to be able to relate to that um yeah this film is um is lovely for the fact that it it brought together the village to save themselves like i think that it's so important that it was regular people that volunteered to do this it added so much dramatic weight and so much empathy for everybody involved. Like you just care because you know, like this is it. This is the last ditch effort. Nobody's coming in to bail these guys out. This is all they have. And they're doing it together as a group. As a Yeah. As and a, you know, it's it, Japan
1: was in a, obviously a pretty rough spot after the war of <laughs> uh, the second world war. And it gave them, I mean, they, 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 they're pretty obvious about it. It's not like a big revelation, but they, they had a purpose, you know they they were super down on themselves. Uh, they had a purpose. They had a common goal that, you know, is irrefutable. Like you can't. No one's going to be like, I think we should. You know, no one's rooting for Godzilla in this movie, right? No. He's he's objectively like the villain.
0: Well, uh, you know, to use a parlance of our time, they were taking a lot of L's and they got the dub, and yeah, it made the legitimate. generals were due, dude you there know this do. was like
2: i feel like the american ones i mean to be fair i'm, I'm not the biggest uh, godzilla expert either but the american godzilla movies kind of make it where it's like you could watch it for just like rooting for the monster yeah. i feel like this godzilla was just like the meanest the <laughs> meanest i've ever seen that mon- like he was a spiteful <laughs> little bitch that's funny <laughs>
1: he's <laughs> so, <laughs> mean. so mean
2: so no, like, like if you yeah, just right. like, hit right. him you're with right. anything, he immediately turns his attention to you. The second he heard like another monster sound like him when they were doing like the fake, like audio recording of him, <laughs> he just
0: smashed it. that crap, dude. He was not having that at all. Did not like that. His uh, eyes
2: are so cruel. He's got hateful eyes, man. Yes, he does.
0: That's, I think adding, they said that in, in when they were doing the uh, post, uh, the CGI for how Godzilla looked, they chose yellow eyes because they wanted to make him more like monstrous. And man, did that work perfectly. Um, I mean, again, you know, we didn't see that because we saw black and white, but I think even the way he's looking is always with anger, mm-hmm. and just pure, like unsatiated revenge as the best way I could describe him. In that, For, for what? I don't know. Like he's just pissed all the time um yeah i would have yelled that he's being too mean if i was there (laughs) that would be my thing can you like chill dude damn man we already we got all these problems you're just adding on to them what are you doing that for that would have been me but then he would have ate me that's cool (laughs) it's cool yeah you
1: know what uh i i I will say i don't think we gotta because generally he's like too big right but you know i feel like I mean John, you might know more than any of us here at this point, but like I don't think I've ever seen Godzilla actually chew on anybody, like a human, like a person.
3: He didn't yeah. actually chew anybody. No, he got a there. bit
1: and threw, he but bit like and then
3: threw him. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. He didn't fall into has...
1: Godzilla's mouth, you know? Yeah, but I don't, say, I don't think
3: he has a taste for human flesh. That's the thing. He just likes to he's just mad. The just the just biting and the anybody. and the throwing
0: were added so much to it. I love that. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I think it's almost worse than just eating them. Cause you like see the body just like ragdoll, see the body just flail
3: and fly away. <laughs> yeah, land somewhere.
1: Oh, what got you? T Rex? No,
3: <laughs> Godzilla. Oh, no, I mean you, it's yeah. it's weird because it's almost like it makes him like less of an animal and more of like a conduit for hatred against humanity. Like yeah, he just mm-hmm. he just hate he just hates humans. And, and you, know, you know, I I think he said draws. you blame him. Can no, you blame him, Chris? No, I
0: don't blame him at all. <laughs> he's right. He's right, <laughs> Um, I mean, in
1: this I, one, we didn't really do anything to are him. Are you co- fucking kidding? We nuked his fucking house. He was
0: in the water. He was he hanging was out there house. in Bikini Atoll. At Bikini Atoll, man. Just want to hang out with his friend Spongebob.
3: <laughs> 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 he gets nuked. <laughs> and then when King Ghidorah comes, he's they're going to ask him for help, and he's going to be like, well, the humans bully me, so... Fuck it, I'll Why? think about it. Fuck you guys. How, cool, was, how cool is that atomic breath though? Oh, I, mean, my, I don't oh, know if, dude, if it's so ever cool. had a wash like cause like it gets quiet like a nuclear blast and then like it's got a mushroom cloud. It's yeah. like a yeah.
0: wave and everything. And it's like it's like uh, it's like a tidal wave where it pulls back too. Comes
1: back. It out.
3: means something. You know, he's not just fucking spitting drool everywhere. Like also like when his
1: little tail spikes like jump shut out and then uh, it, like, yeah, dude. sink in.
3: Man, that's, that's
0: that's pretty bad. It's
1: gonna, it's gonna make
3: bad. the Mecha Godzilla minus one design pretty easy to replicate. I think. I think you are gonna be
0: able to nail it. You know, all this Jaws talk. I was actually thinking the main character in this movie kind of reminds me a little of Quint. You know, from Jaws, like he's got survivor's guilt. He's mm. hunting this thing as an as an answer to that. You yeah, know? it's like a catalyst yeah.
3: for his trauma. Yeah, definitely Jaws. Jaws like,
2: inspiration. Totally. And and you got Mm -hmm. like
0: the the scientist as Richard, you know, the Richard Dreyfus type who's developing the plan to catch him. And then you get the the guy who kind of runs the boat is like the Schneider, you know, the, the sheriff. I
3: love that scene when they're presenting the plan. Like that's like one of my favorite yeah, so scenes good. in the
0: movie. I I I I, I hit even my elbow. I was like, "This is this is my favorite team coming up." This I is the it.
3: best. Yeah, I, I love, love the little wooden Godzilla, the uh, little wooden that. Godzilla they use. The little
0: model, everything, lovely. And I love in movies where they they do the plan, they figure it out, they figure what what's going to be the plot moving forward here on how to stop this thing. And to me, I always like those scenes because it brings the characters that are usually like the freaks.
3: Yeah, you. Yeah, and you outcasts. buy in. Like it gets the audience to kind of buy in on like the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. like, how are you gonna watch him fucking like mushroom cloud out of his fucking mouth and kill everybody, thirty thousand people in seconds? Like, how do you buy into a plan that's gonna take him out, even though it's you know kind of unlikely and it didn't really work out? That, but you know that particular way. The script
0: know? does a great job of setting up uh, Doctor of Noda. You know, like he's somebody who who knows what he's doing in the beginning. He's like, maybe if we put the bomb in the mouth and shoot it, you know, yeah. like that was his, his choice. And he's always making these really strategic, interesting choices that, that usually end up with them saving them. And then at the end, he delivers the plan. and You're like, I trust this guy. I trust him. He's made good decisions thus far. This sounds say, right. I liked
3: his, I liked his Oppenheimer, uh, Plan better than Oppenheimer's plan. In Oppenheimer's. <laughs> all right, right you're saying, I bought into his plan more. You're
0: saying developing a weapon that could have blown up the world <laughs> was that a good plan? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'd be on
3: team. Yeah, I'd be on team Doc if that's the case. Oppenheimer's you know? was a
0: real asshole. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. So that's uh, Godzilla minus one, my number four, and that moves us on to my number three of the year. And that is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse coming in at my number three. Um, this was
3: number one for like a good like six
0: months, I think, for everybody. Easy, 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 easy for me. I, uh, a lot of the good, the better films that came out this year all came out towards the end, you know? And, yeah, uh, yeah. I was kind of playing catch up for a lot of them. But like this one always was like, well, is it going to be better than this? Like I, every movie I walk into, I was thinking about Across the Spider-Verse in some way because it is a masterpiece that's why i think okay. um as far as like animated film american animated film it is uh the pinnacle of everything that we've done you know pixar and dreamworks and illumination and all this stuff i feel like it was just leading us to this <laughs> and i'm not against it like i i think it's perfect and it's crazy for me too, because I'm not even that big of a Spider-Man fan. Like <laughs> that's the craziest thing about all this. Like it's just I cannot look away. Well, that's not this. Spider-Man. That's it's Miles Morales. It's miles. You're damn right. And uh, I rewatched this somewhat recently, and I thought I was going to ignore it. Like I thought I was going to just sit on my phone and be like, "Oh, remember that?" Nope. Put my phone down. Just glued to the TV the whole time. Um, it's just. Consistently beautiful. I, I, is the probably the best looking movie of the year for me. Um, and it's just, um, it introduces so many characters that are amazing in this movie that I just are instantly memorable and interesting. That I feel like even people that aren't associated or interested in Spider Man would feel the same way watching this. Um, Yeah, it's 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 a feat. It's a feat of accomplishment. Unfortunately, that is somewhat marred (laughs) by some uh, lax work conditions, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, This has a Rotten Tomato score of 95 percent, an audience score of 94 percent. Oh, it was directed by Kemp Powers, Yaquim Dos Santos and Justin K. Thompson. It was written by Lord Miller themselves and Dave Callaham. Callaham, I think it's his name. Um, run to me, scored 95%, audience scored 94%. Box office, 690 million, with a budget of 125 million and a runtime of 140 minutes. Um, this was the third highest grossing film of the year domestically, uh, the highest grossing Sony film of the year, and the sixth highest grossing film of the year. So big time accolades for how much money you made and how many people saw it and enjoyed it. Um, I think what I like the
1: feel good story of that outside of like, you know, companies making money, right? Who cares? But the feel good story is like the first movie is I'd say like a modest hit. And then this one, I think like quadrupled. It's like what the first one made. Really? All just, yeah. it Like it made so much more money than the first one. And I don't think it's because the quality is like that much better by any stretch. I think it's just literally they were rewarded with, we made an awesome movie. You all really liked it. Everybody was really excited to see the second one. And then the word of mouth, you know, like the perfect storm of like, you were, it was just a really nice concept of like, they were rewarded by making a
0: great movie.
1: And then Absolutely. Everybody Absolutely. saw it and they made a shitload, you know. It's such
0: great, a, you know. It's a validation. You know, yeah, like exactly. The validation that the last movie was incredible, and <laughs> it, the word of mouth was so po- so great that it created a smash success for the second movie. It, yeah, it's um, it's a validation for us too because I think we, we were screaming into the void about that movie. <laughs> I don't think anybody was listening, so <laughs> I think now it's like, oh, okay, now you get it. It's fucking great. Um, this is. Another cool little record. Well, we'll get into how cool it really is, is uh, this is the largest crew of any animated film ever consisting of a thousand people working on it. That's a lot of people. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> That's
0: a lot of people, Damn. Um Yeah. Poor working conditions. Unfortunately, uh, stem from last minute decisions made by Phil Lord causing extensive overtime and at least a hundred lead animators quitting all at once. Uh, Well, you got 900 more, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is terrible. Nobody should be overworked. I get it. I understand. And um, it seems as though a lot of it came from the producing end of it, which is pretty common, unfortunately. Um, But the product is impeccable. So that's, it's a tough position to be in, you know? I get the work was hard and grueling and people were taken advantage of, but the end product is a gorgeous movie. (laughs) I can't deny that as much as I dislike how it was made. Um, Cool thing. Cool thing. I bring up Spider Gwen's mood ring. Watercolor animation was inspired by a scene in Cinderella in which her emotional reaction caused the colors in the background to change. Um. Yeah. Pretty cool little little classic Disney relation there. Um That scene yeah. is so cool. Every every Spider Gwen scene is beautiful. <laughs> so good looking, man. It's, it's awesome. Like, yeah. It's it, every frame of painting. You know, in this mm-hmm. movie, I think you could pause any frame, and it's just, just oh, it's Moombanton. This looks amazing. <laughs> like, oh, it's the future. It's like somewhat unfinished, and it has that. Spider-Man twenty nine ninety nine comic book feel to it, like all the uh, the visual indicators for a lot of different (coughs) Spider-Man stories were in this, and it all just coalesced into a kaleidoscopic masterpiece. And I really loved it, and it's probably not going to win an Academy (laughs) Award.
3: unfortunately what spider-man
0: <laughs> yeah i think it's going to the boy and the heroine personally that's where i would really put money. yeah partially because of the controversy but i think also because of it being a spider-man movie yeah you know it's kind of it's got two marks do against studio
3: these studio ghibli movies usually just win are they right. like usually they usually just win every time a, one of them comes out like princess minoke one spirit of away one if i remember correctly um, what about the, like the last couple, like Ponyo? Did that win? Don't think that won. No, because at that point, like Pixar was like really becoming like some people didn't. I because mean, some people didn't like Boy in the Hair, like just like
1: yeah, they're, they're are... wrong. You know, they're wrong. But...
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, it's Miyazaki. I, I, the guy's got a lot of. Uh, he's got a lot of trust from me. I know he usually makes a great movie. And I I just haven't been able to see it. That it might have been on my list, I don't know, um, but it is probably a great movie.
3: This movie cost thirty million dollars more than um, than Godzilla minus one. So just just want to throw that out there. What Spider Man? Yeah. No, uh, Boy in the Heron. Oh really? Oh how many Spider Man probably cost like five hundred million to make, right? Spider Man was one hundred twenty five oh. million
0: which is kind of low in my opinion for a thousand people working on it.
1: Right. Yeah. But they didn't have to pay any big names or any real. That's true.
0: That's true. That's a good point. Very good point. It's all production costs, I guess. Um, Okay. So that moves us to um, my second favorite film of the year of 2023. That's the holdovers. Um, Hmm. Talk about this one a lot uh, on the podcast. Uh, it was it's a bittersweet story about the ugliest, weirdest smelling man <laughs> who's <laughs> curmudgeon and tries to do his job as a teacher at least once in his life, you know, and make this kid's Christmas a little bit better, even though he's stuck at this old stinky boarding school with nobody except him. The stinky teacher, and a poor mother who lost her son. A cater, the the chef of the school, the lunch lady. Um, yeah, it's just such an interesting group of people all together for Christmas, and it's a movie that Alexander Payne has been like pretty pissed off that people think is cozy and i i dude you got to you got to understand sometimes these things are out of your control as a director this film is very cozy <laughs>
1: it's very wait wait the director mad at his own movie
0: he's mad at the perception of it he's mad that people are looking at it being like oh this cozy nice warm oh. film which it is it is i mean whether he likes it or not that's it is but i think what he's getting really upset about is kind of missing out on all the sadness and darkness that is in this film which is very very much apparently there. Uh I didn't miss out on that but it's still the way it's shot and the locations that they chose they're very inviting and it's very it's a christmas movie like there's some things that are just inherently in there whether you like it or not they're going to be in your film. Um but it is bittersweet and it is sad film and it it's some serious tragedy, you know, and I think it's on sort of on a, a, a sadder end of playing trains, and automobiles. Like that's how I would describe this movie where it's, it's, it's it, it, very funny. And Paul Giamatti is so fucking good in this movie. This is his best role ever. Best role ever. Hands down. I don't know how they did that lazy eye, Devin. They're not saying <laughs> it. they not we say anything.
1: Which, and, and they kept switching, dude. No, they didn't switch. They didn't switch. They it did too. I, I tell you, <laughs> look it up. Dude, watch that, it again. They switched in like every other scene.
0: I don't think that's true. I think it was Dude. always the same side. <laughs> it's always it's always on the left. It's always the left hand. Think side. that. So. And it's it's weird, you know, because it's like almost incredibly apparent in some scenes and incredibly not in others. So. You know why
1: it's not apparent? Because it's on the other eye. <laughs>
0: Even see the movie. What do you thinking? I did too. I did oh, that. Yeah, oh, I yeah. No I loved it. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really great movie. And uh yeah, let's get into some of the facts. I don't have much about it, but um it's directed by Alexander Payne, it's written by David Hemingway Heming Son. son Uh has a <laughs> Rotten Tomato score. I was gonna say Hemingway. Rotten tomato score of 97%, audience score of 91%. <laughs> A runtime of 133 minutes and a budget of 31.2 million. Um, Dominic Sesso, who plays the kid, um, his breakout role for him. is from Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. Guys, yeah, Jersey. Oh boy. wow, mm. he's a Jersey boy. So, and he's great in this. He's really good. Um, he's plays a teenager perfectly. <laughs> what else to a fun
1: it. fact: where he flubbed a scene, the scene where he sneaks out and makes a phone call. Okay. But he flubbed the scene because he didn't know how to work a rotary phone.
0: <laughs> Makes me feel old. <laughs> Makes me yeah. feel real old. Yeah. Uh, it seems Fuck. Like, um. Yeah. There's uh. What was it the one thing I noticed? Oh, he. Um... Oh man, I completely blanked. I'm sorry, guys. I have no idea what I was gonna
1: say. <laughs> well, Chris, while you wait, while that comes to you, I'm on the trivia section of IMDb. Okay. Alexander Payne came up with the idea on set to continually swap out the lazy eye on either side, as well as no the doors, to show the character development of trying to see yourself in someone else's situation.
0: Wow, you're right, Devin. I had no idea.
1: There it is. I don't know. I mean, who knows how true it is?
0: Yeah, because they're they're I being deep real tight lipped about about how this was even done. Like nobody's <laughs> saying anything.
1: What if you just find <laughs> out Paul Giamatti just has a fucking monster eye, and we just never noticed it? <laughs>
0: Like that, he's like that kid that played it. He just makes it happen whatever he wants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, this <laughs> he just holds his breath
1: and blows into his thumb.
0: You know and that ball right? pops out. Do you know that? Yeah. He what, can like the, um, the...
1: Scars Guard. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he can make it like slide to the left. Oh,
1: so creepy, dude.
0: That is creepy. <laughs> that's really neat though. Um, yeah, it's um I, I don't remember. Let's just go into the facts I have here. Uh, is a uh, semi-autobiographical story based off the screenwriter's own experience at a boarding school, and Mr. Hunnam specifically was based off of his uncle. All of these, the majority of the stories in this film, he said, were based off of family members, and that's really neat. Like when you can watch your own movie and be like, "Oh, that's my mother," "It's my aunt," "It's my uncle," doing that,
1: you know, it's cool. I remember when somebody did that to Tony Soprano, and he didn't appreciate it at all.
0: He's a big dumb idiot, though. <laughs> um, it was influenced by a French film directed by Marcel Pignoy, Pagnol, 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 titled Merloose, which was also based on the screenwriter's time in a boarding school. It's, you know, a lovely film about a man's life, and it's completely original. It's not a book. It's not a uh, an IP of of any site any type. It is an original screenplay written film that kind of gives it a lot of leeway for me too i'm there's so many movies that came out this year that are just adaptations or you know biopics sequels like it's this is something fresh and new and uh it's a great story And go see it it is lovely you will you will laugh you will cry i did both um anything with divine joy randolph uh, made me cry because <laughs> uh, she has a scene where she's talking about her son who died in Vietnam, and she said, You know, the last thing he told me was, Hey, mom, they'll pay for my college when I get out, and I can go for free. And the way she says it and her voice is cracking, and she also says that no, but no man in her family has lasted longer than twenty five. Oh. It's just it just hits you right in the heart, man. Tough. And her her delivery and her the comedy in this movie she is phenomenal. She's gonna win, right? She's, She's gonna win, that show, win, right? She's gotta
3: win. She has there, to win.
0: That that is the weakest category this year. Is the weakest category. She's gotta win that because like every like oh Emily Blunt's best actress, but um it was like uh,
3: yeah, but it's like there's Jodie Foster like,
0: from naiad which was a lame fucking movie.
3: There's you something know? that there's something about like subtle acting performances is like, there's something about those that I think just are, is, is better yeah. than a, like a grand performance, you know?
0: Absolutely. John, I think she's incredibly genuine, you know, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, like a it's, real believable. Person. it's like,
3: it's like d- definitive acting,
0: you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what acting is. You've completely encompassed the character to the point where you feel like a real person. Like that is, I think where the goal of acting. And she nailed it, man. She's so good in this movie. Um, Yeah, just go see it. It's lovely. Um, I didn't know Devin. I didn't know you saw it. When did you see it?
1: Um, Man, sometime in December, honestly. I think I caught it like right before the end of the year. Um, I just, you know, I I found it. And then I, I was like, I'm watching this. I don't care. Like, it was like one of those, like, you can do whatever you want, Jenny. I'm. I'm going to sit down and watch it and you can watch it if you want. But,
0: uh, There's two this- scenes in this movie that made me laugh very hard. And that was when Mr. Hunnam picks up the football outside and he throws <laughs> it and it goes like a foot and he just sits there and he's like, huh. and he just, he's like, <laughs> it's so like pitiful. And the other scene is when he's looking for him around the school, and it's that pan shot where they like zoom all the way out, and he's like, oh, man, man. No! <laughs> He's like, <laughs> screaming outside. <laughs> and so it's like visually very funny to me. Um, yeah, it's great movie. I really enjoyed it, and that brings us to the number one film of the year for mm. me, and that is Poor Things. I have chosen Poor Things as my number one film. I so this movie. Is such a breath of fresh air, um, for it being incredibly, incredibly weird and strange, and probably the best steampunk movie I've ever seen. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a better one.
1: I still don't think I've seen like, I think I saw maybe a trailer of this. I haven't seen a fucking minute of this
0: movie. You know, it's good, man. Go and go yeah. blind. This I know, I of, know. It's, it's a good it's one to do this. that. It's a yeah. good one to do that too. Um, yeah, it's just, I think this is the best looking non animated movie of the year too. Mm. this looks so unique and stylistic that it looks animated sometimes like it's and it's weird because like the settings and the costuming rarely it changes, but it only changes like in color because it's kind of her perspective on life. Like she just keeps moving from the same place to the same place, the same home. She doesn't really have a home. She's literally a Frankenstein monster, yeah. With the baby, the brain of a baby, <laughs> and like seeing Emma Stone go from awkward weirdo uh, who uh, quoting a main character saying she's the most beautiful retard I've ever seen <laughs> um, in the movie. It's uh, <laughs> she starts off so so strange and so like awkward. <laughs>
1: I just really like that you were like, you had to specify I'm quoting I'm a, a character. I'm
2: quoting because a character. if you
1: said that, then just gonna be like, what's Steven John and me gonna be like, whoa. I didn't
0: say okay. it. It wasn't me. It was in the movie. And you know, it's fitting for the it's fitting for the time period. It's like the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> Uh, oh they're using that term because that's the term they use for people that were mentally deficient or mentally ill or even you um, know whatever
1: yeah i've heard i've heard so many good things about emma emma stone in this how's uh ruffalo
0: oh my god man ruffalo is the funniest person in the movie (laughs) it's down because he plays like this suave idiot i guess is the way i would describe him. Yeah. And he like immediately is like, come with me, get the fuck out of this weird house with that deformed man who's <laughs> supposedly your father. Like, come, come with me. We'll go around the world. You know, I'll take you with me. And he's like totally out for himself. And he, she is hot, and that's like the <laughs> only reason that she's, she's, he's bringing her along. And yeah, um, yeah, it just sort of like it starts to become where he, she starts to grow and become like a woman, and he's like. You're a fucking witch. <laughs> like, he doesn't understand. There's a scene, like his delivery of this one scene where he's like sitting in the cold outside in Paris, and he's ran out of money, and this dog comes up to him and starts smelling him. And he's like, I will kick that dog to death. <laughs> like he just screams <laughs> at the person. It's so funny. What okay, it's yeah, so no, it's, is it is it
1: out? Yeah, it's let me see. this is know. a big question. Um, let's I'll it's
0: it's, it it's an incredible movie. You're gonna love it, yeah. you're gonna laugh a lot because it's super funny. Like, that's I think a big part of why I liked it so much. Um, and I kind of think personally, this may be a hot take, I think it does the naive woman trying to find her way better than Barbie does. Like, I think that okay. that motif is is better served in this film than it is in, in Barbie. Like, I feel like Emma stone makes such a fucking evolution in her character that it's just, it's so, that's like one of the best things to watch really in the movie. Um, but I still think like outside of her performance, this movie is gorgeous. It's really well written. Um, apparently is a book I'm probably going to read at some point. And it's just like, it's weird. It's like I said, it's like, It's like a Tim Burton movie made for mature audiences. Like it has a lot of sex and violence and it's very much an adult themed film, but it's great. Um, Tim
1: Burton for adults. Yeah,
0: kind of like Tim Burton. Like he's not a great writer, but he's an amazing visual director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just fantastic visuals and they really capture that. Apparently, one of the influences for this movie, how it's shot, is Bram Stoker's Dracula. The Francis Ford Coppola adaptation. Hmm. That definitely, that, that I can see that. That comes across pretty
3: well. Yeah, well, there's that one form of Dracula where he's like super steampunk. Where he's got like the top hat and the, the John Lennon sunglasses.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know? And they're doing like that like stop motion film where he's like walking around the the
3: town in his
0: cute yeah. little outfit and everything. Yeah. Um, Definitely, uh, definitely inspired. I could see that, um, that the costumes are incredible in this movie too. Like they, Bella's costuming changes as she changes. Like it starts off really bright and weird. And then as she gets smarter and more mature, like she starts dressing like somebody in the military, (laughs) it's really weird, like darker colors and stuff, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything is visually informed, like all character decisions and changes all like impact the visuals of the movie. And it it does this cool thing I really like in that um, Lars von Trier does a lot where he does like title screens for parts in the movie, Mm. you know, like separate parts. It's like each place she goes to has its own little title screen. And those are fucking gorgeous. They look so cool. Um, I like the music, too. It's really off-putting and weird and totally fits the world perfectly. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, one, The Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival, uh, based off a novel of the same name. I really think that Emma Stone is starting to, to slouch into Lathamos' DiCaprio, you know, where he seems to use her a lot, and they have like a like a language with one another. And I think right. they really work well together. Like I think I think Emma stone had a tendency to be put into a lot of romantic comedies and a lot of these other kind of lesser movies. And I think she's a really fantastic actress and he's given her a lot of interesting characters to play. So this is definitely one of them. Um, stone appreciated Bella's lack of shame and she considered her naivete to be very freeing because that's one thing about Bella. She's, literally just drops her pants and says is it time to fuck you know like that kind of yeah naivete and and shamelessness but that grows into something else where she becomes like super self-possessed and intelligent and doesn't let anybody humiliate her or control her like it's, it's such a cool turn um William Defoe and Rami Youssef who play both play doctors and scientists they they actually went and attended mortician school to get into the character um
1: i can only imagine that was willem defoe's idea yeah and the rami, rami was like yeah yeah let's can i can i tag on like
0: that sounds rad okay <laughs> yeah, cool sure
1: yeah i was gonna do that too but i mean we should just go together what a fucking he's know he it's funny idea, too
0: dude. Defoe is so casual around dead bodies in that movie like he's just slapping bodies while he's like talking I don't think I really
1: don't think that's acting man he's <laughs> he probably really is legitimately like yeah
0: I'm okay with that bodies cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah like
1: Oh man I look at that guy and like he's been around
0: I swear to you, he does this one scene where he slaps, like, somebody's lungs while he's, like, emoting. It's the funniest thing. He's <laughs> dead body there. He's like, what the fuck? You know, he's, like, talking. Ah, it's good stuff. So funny. Um, I love this movie. I, you know, there's a uh, common theme, I think, with the last three is that they're all very... They're funny movies. Like, I think that's a big yeah. thing for me. I think I'm always... You make like a really high concept comedy, or like a dark comedy. Man, those things hit me so hard. I Admittedly, they're they're a love of mine. Um, and that's kind of what all three of these movies are, to some degree. I think Spider Man is more of just like funny, funny. But the holdovers and poor things are both kind of dark and, and funny at the same time. I think the holdovers more sad, but this is more yeah. just dark and weird. Um, so
1: Chris, if you had to award, let's say your top three best movies with a different monster trophy,
0: <laughs> no, okay.
1: would you, which one gets the suit? Which one gets.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> the guy with his pants down, the monster would pulling his yeah. pants down. That's the poor thing. So I'm good. Okay. Because that that's, that's in honor of Emma Stone pulling her pants down constantly. Okay, yeah holdover (laughs) is that one in the suit with the the briefcase monster I give that to that one because you know it's formal boarding school across Across the the spider verse I give the football guy you know it's athleticism agileness the football monster I think would be fitting I think Lord Miller would love it (laughs) eat it up
3: Like monster
1: trophy shit dude I love monster thanks dude thanks (laughs) all right I was looking for this one. Totally cool.
0: Oh, um, oh god. So that's it. That's my uh my tops and bottoms of the 2023. And <laughs> um yeah, I uh, I enjoyed most of these. Obviously, didn't enjoy the bottom ones, but um all <laughs> the top 5 were great. And that's it. Got some but, banger movies in that list. Yeah, you know, I I all 5 of these movies you guys should see. I really think so. Somehow I am good.
1: glad that Rebel Moon got more lip service than Barbie from you. You know, it just feels <laughs> right.
0: Listen, listen. You know what? You know what took Barbie off the five list? Sure, five spot. It was the monologue. It's the monologue.
2: The oh, movie.
1: the um. Okay.
0: The American Fiero monologue. I listen. I, the whole movie is great up until I think that point where I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like you really? don't need to. You don't need to lay it on that thick, man. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm picking up what you're putting down.
1: Yeah, no, that was was pretty, it was a lot. There was a lot there.
0: I personally, and also the whole controversy, I personally, if if I feel more snubbed that Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated than Margot Robey, personally. Yeah, Yeah. Because I think Greta Gerwig took something that was very superficial and very simple, and she made something interesting out of it. And whether that's screenplay or direction, she, I think, is the driving creative force. Of- I wonder.
1: If, I wonder if she's going to win best adapted screenplay as a result.
0: Honestly, that's. I think that's totally fair for Barbie to win. Yeah. That. I think to be able to take something that was so commercialized and so simple and make something deep, or as deep as that was, that's a, that's a true technique. That's a true creative yeah. technique. And uh, yeah, she deserves something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, what the fuck?
0: I I personally think I and like, and I yeah, by no means I I don't think Barbie's a bad movie, but I think it got nominated for the right things. I I think it's fair. I think so. I and, and Emma Stone's gonna win. Like if Margot Robbie would have got nominated, I, I think Emma Stone's got it. I think personally, in the bag. She would have lost anyway, and. I don't, think, I don't think Ken's going to win. I don't think Ryan Gosling's going to win in Ken.
1: We'll, we'll probably lose to... Um, Robert Jr., Downey right, Downey?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's no doubt in my mind. Dude. Now, when really, it, yeah. the, the question for me is more like, who's going to win best actor? Is it going to be Killian Murphy, or is it going to be the person who deserves it, Paul Giamatti? <laughs> 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 That's the way I think about that. Oh, personally. yeah, well... But, uh, well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Galani and Chill, folks. Um, Stay tuned. In the next couple of months, we'll be deciding what terrible fucking movies I have to watch that you idiots picked. March
3: badness,
2: baby. Time for that tournament. Come on and slam. I think I'm actually getting less
0: excited the more I think about it. So that's great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. You know, I've been on a good run too with Kalani and Chills. I need something to kind of, I need a, uh, I need a little <laughs> diarrhea medicine in my water. To yeah, slow me be down be. a little bit. Yeah. You're <laughs> a little too diarrhea. big for your britches, dude. Yeah, maybe. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. You know, I can come out of it, watch something else, watch something super arty.
2: There, yeah, you're like, I'm, I'm done with this monsters <laughs> crap.
0: Maybe I'll do all the movies that that guy who made uh, Playtime, that French director.
2: I was oh, about that for a while. I really classy,
0: like classy. Do you,
2: you ever see Playtime, Steve? I don't think I have.
0: That's a great movie. It's on Criterion. Check it out. Really, really cool. It's, it's in, in the time? collection. It's in the collection, baby. So you can't go wrong. You know what else is in the collection? Escape from New York. Not escape from LA. Not escape from LA. <laughs> they just added. A, they added a bunch of post-apocalyptic movies, like Mad mm. Max. Um, Escape from New York. Uh, they added threads. You guys ever see threads? Threads. You know what that is? No. It was a public service made film about what would happen if England got nuked. And it's like super realistic. And it was a public service like video? Yeah, yeah 100%. Like they, it was on BBC One and it was like the horrors of the nuclear war. And it was like something that everybody... It was almost educational. That's the way they were pitching it. That's wild. It's a fucking horror movie. <laughs> it's fucking that's cool. Terrifying. Um, I've only heard of it and I actually watched it recently because I got it on Criterion. And it is woo, it's a harrowing, it's a harrowing watch, to say the least. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh that's it for and Chill tonight, folks. I wish you the best in your viewing experiences. Go check out the top fives. Maybe check out the bottom threes too, just to know what bad is. And then, uh, in case you needed the litmus test. Everybody needs a little refresher every once in a while. So that's true. Um, so enjoy, uh, keep watching, and I'll see you soon. Good night, everybody.
2: Bye, boy.